Welcome to Awake, the sleep apnea podcast, brought to you by the American Sleep Apnea Association. Visit us at sleepapnea.org. Today, Paul Bloomstein sits down for an interview about how his struggles with snoring led to a sleep apnea diagnosis. This interview was originally recorded in 2018 for Sleep Temper. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm doing great. I'd like to ask you what your life was like before you had treatment for sleep apnea. I'm assuming you meant the, the few years before the treatment. Mm-hmm. Well, for one thing, I snored quite heavily. I was, uh, for example, uh, I went on a motorcycle camping trip with a bunch of friends, and I was in a tent in the morning. I woke up, stuck my head out of the tent, and found that everybody else moved their tents mm-hmm. away from me because, <laughs> because of the loud snoring. And another time we had a house guest who said, oh boy, you must have bears here in LA. And I go, no, why do you say that? I said, I've been hearing a bear outside the house all night. And I said, no, that was me snoring. (laughs) (laughs) And then leading up to the point of treatment, I was getting increasingly tired during the day. Mm -hmm. And then finally I awoke one, one day to find myself stopped at a red light. And I don't know how long I was at that light. And I just fell asleep while waiting for the light to change. And mm-hmm. I said, something is wrong and I need to see a doctor. Oh. And that's, that's where the tr- you know, diagnosis goodness, and treatment began. you had that began. reality, huh? Yeah, instead of crashing into something. Yeah, really. So what was life like after the treatment? Well, it made a world of difference uh, because then I could get a good night's sleep. I do still have some residual effect called excessive daytime sleep, uh, sleepiness, which is known as EDS. Mm-hmm. So I find myself that most days I either have to take a, an hour, a nap for about an hour, hour and a half, or that I have to take a Nuvigil, which is a pill that was made for people with narcolepsy. Mm-hmm. And that, that keeps me up. Mm-hmm. But, but it's, it's so much better with the CPAP every every night than, mm-hmm. it, than it had been before. Great. Um, what has worked for you as far as your treatment and becoming um, used to it? Um, well, I, I took to the CPAP right away. Uh, initially, I had a uh, nasal mask, but and it worked great at the beginning and then it started not working and then I realized that what was happening was I was breathing through my mouth and bypassing the mask oh. and so I got a full face mask and uh, I wear that every night. Um, the only downside of that besides feeling I have an octopus on my face is that uh, when I go to a dermatologist for my yearly exam they take one look at my face and goes, you wear a CPAP. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and they could tell that just from mm-hmm. marks on my face that mm-hmm. uh, when I take the mask off in the morning, you can see the marks, but they pretty mm-hmm. much go away after a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. But dermatologists notice those things. So what has uh, not worked for you as far as things that you've tried? Well, like I said, it, it's the excessive daytime sleepiness, and I can't understand why that happens. And 
I have not been able to get an answer from my ENT. I, I think he, he doesn't know, and maybe medical science doesn't know why it happens. It, but the fact that the new vigil that I take uh, on its labeling, besides being for narcolepsy, is also for people who uh, have sleep apnea and they're under treatment. So I'm sure there's a, a lot of people mm -hmm. that must have that same They're problem. Under the radar, yeah. Yeah. If you had some advice to give for a new patient, what would that advice be? Well, I've actually given advice. When I've detected, uh, when I, I'm retired now, but when I was working with people and I've noticed that people seem sleepy at work and I just have this feeling they have apnea, I start saying, by the way, do you snore and he goes, yeah, how'd you know? And, and especially if they happen to have a thicker neck. And I said, you know, I, I, tell, I tell them I have sleep apnea and I tell them that they may or may not have it. I'm not a doctor, but it can't hurt to have a sleep test. Uh -huh. and, uh, it, and I also tell them if they do have sleep apnea, it increases their risk of heart attack or stroke. And so it's in their interest to do it. And so I, I tell them, get diagnosed. If you do have it, um, you know, go for the treatment. It's cumbersome, I know, but, it, but the results are worth it. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today, Paul. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us today. Visit sleepapnea.org to get more video, audio, and blogged content. Also, you can register at sleepapnea.org to be included in the conversation and updated whenever new programs are available. We hope you all stay safe, we're in this together, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.